Jam on Fire Edition. Tim Kitcher along with you here. Time for Daddy to go to work. After all, Papa needs to get paid. What up, GMs, and welcome back to the Commissioner's Corner. I'm your Commissioner Andy Kapek, and this is episode 3.3 of the OMBA podcast. In today's episode, going to be breaking down the first two weeks of our OMBA season. We've got the Granny Shot Power Rankings, Weekly Top 50, Rookie Watch, and a whole lot more that I'm going to be bringing to you guys. And then after that, had a chance to talk with both Griffin and Gover shortly after the draft and got their initial reaction to their rosters and the thoughts on this overall NBA season. Better late than never to get these out to you guys, so stay tuned. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's an alley-oop jam. All right, guys, this podcast is two weeks in the making. Uh, unfortunately, had a busy few weeks here just as the NBA season was starting, you know, with Halloween and Morgan's birthday. So uh, apologies here getting this out to you guys just a little bit late. But I guess I just wanted to start off quickly with my thoughts um, on the OMBA draft. Uh, you know, kind of did, did a little bit of analysis myself looking at everyone's rosters. And there's definitely a few teams here that, um, you know, I liked right after the draft and are proving to be some of the more dominant teams so far two weeks in. It's always tough, you know, after the draft where you go back, you start looking through your roster and you're kind of just not excited about the guys that you ended up drafting. Um, that's kind of what ended up happening to me. Uh, you know, there was a few guys who I was targeting who I was, who I was able to get, um, but it did seem like, and I feel like this always ends up happening during fantasy drafts, but there were multiple guys that I was just praying were going to fall to me and then ended up getting picked, you know, just a few spots ahead of me. Um, you know, I would say that guys I'm most excited about on my team uh, were getting both, you know, Cade Cunningham and Scotty Barnes, uh, you know, kind of doubling up the opportunity there to have a, a legitimate rookie going into next season. Obviously, DeMontis Sabonis is a guy that uh, I feel like I've had the last three seasons. Just love his game and, and love watching him play. So was excited that I was able to get him, as well as Alex Caruso. I know he's a guy that uh, I've kind of given Nick uh, Nick Toma some some shit for when he was on the Lakers, just saying that he's really not all that great. But man, Chicago is a fun team to watch, and I love being able to uh, get excited when Alex Caruso comes in off the bench. You know, I also put in a future for him to win uh, Six Man of the Year and Most Improved. So. You know, so far, I feel like this season, he's got a little bit of a chance to, to hit there. There's a lot of guys that have made a pretty big leap, you know, two weeks into this season. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. But um, I would say overall, the teams that I'm uh, most, I guess, jealous of, uh, first would be Uncle Drew's Youngbloods. Connor had an absolutely amazing draft. If you just look through his team, you know, he's got probably three or four guys that all could have been drafted in the top two rounds. Um, you know, just working my way down his roster here. Julius Randle uh, is proving that last season was not a fluke. Um, you know, he's definitely been a really strong player so far this season. You know, having an 81-point game, already joining the, the Mamba Club for this season. Also, you know, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, if you can get those three guys right there, you know, all three of them have opportunity to be uh, top 10 guys at the end of the season. And not only that, but he's got Zion there on the bench. I know that obviously we've all seen the, the pictures of Zion and, and he's definitely put on some weight. But but honestly, you know, if he ends up coming back halfway through the season, 
you know, he's all he's a top 10 guy, a potential top 10 guy as well. So love Connor's roster. I would say team number two uh, that I really, really love how, how they did in the draft, and it's definitely showing here with uh, some of the points that his team is putting up, is uh, Kellen, Band of Brothers. Um, he was one of those teams that I feel like uh, as he was going through, just kept picking a few guys that I really wanted on my squad. You know, Anthony Edwards, again, another guy that I actually have a future down for most improved. Um, he's been an absolute baller. You know, I, you can ask Kellen. I've been sending him. Anytime I'm seeing a highlight of this guy, I just feel like he's going to be an absolute stud for, for Minnesota and just honestly for, uh, for fantasy implications. Um, going to have an absolutely huge season. Definitely jealous that, that that's his keeper. Uh, Miles Bridges has been absolutely going off this season. Uh, just unbelievable jump from from what he was doing last season. At the end of the year, you can see it a little bit, but just the, the threes that he's making, step backs, you know, not only just getting lobs, but honestly being one of their number, you know, one or two scores for um, for Charlotte. Uh, not only that, but he, he did pick up Andre Drummond, you know, the handicap there for Joel Embiid. You know, what, you know when Embiid plays, you know, he's only getting 18 minutes, but on those days that he sits out, you know, Andre Drummond is just a, is just a magnet for rebounds. And then finally, you know, Isaiah Stewart, TJ McConnell, a few guys there that are kind of on the fringe for him who I think are just going to be solid players. And then finally, uh, my third favorite roster in the league is going to be Bo Bamba. Um, honestly, just has a ton of guys that I love watching, right? John Morant, uh, also, you know, having Desmond Bain, who's had a, who's had a little bit of a leap here, um, you know, going into this season. And then, you know, Mo Bamba was somebody that I was targeting who honestly went just a few picks before uh, I was able to get him. You know, he's just a, a fantasy stat, you know, beast, honestly. Just the, the blocks, rebounds. Um, when he got minutes last season, he put up huge fantasy numbers, and it looks like they're giving him those minutes. And then also, you know, I was disappointed that Carl Anthony Towns didn't end up falling to me. Um, you know, ended up settling for Embiid who's always a, a little bit of an injury risk. But, um, you know, he's just also one of those fantasy guys that just racks up stats. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. And then not only that, but he's got Kevin Porter Jr. and Bam, um, as well as Karis LeVert, you know, coming off injury. So Draymond Green, a lot of guys that I love to watch. So, you know, kudos to you guys for having such a great draft. And as we go here into looking at the, you know, kind of standings going into week number three, some of these guys that I just talked about, some of these rosters I just talked about, you know, they're they're definitely on the higher end here for, for points four. So I'm not going to go back and look at all of the matchups from week one and week two. Just going to take a quick look here at the standings um, and just talk through, uh, you know, who, who's sitting at 2-0, you know, 1-1 and 0-2. So we've got four teams at 2-0, um, you know, Uncle Drew's Youngbloods, Band of Brothers, LeVar's Balls, and The Real Slim Shady all sitting at 2-0. Um, you know, as I was just saying, you know, Uncle Drew's Youngbloods and Band of Brothers definitely look like the two teams to beat. Um, Connor's sitting there 200 points higher than anybody else right now in fantasy points. So, you know, he, two huge weeks for him. Uh, in the one and one category, we've got Bo Bamba, Boom Shakalaka, Better Call Paul, and Kawhi 5 um, Both those are all four of those teams, um, you know, sitting at one and one. Bo Bamba, you know, at 29. Uh, 100 fantasy points, you know, right there, kind of in the upper echelon of, 
of points for for the season so far. And Kawhi 5-0, you know, I know week one he had a solid week, and then week two, uh, definitely a little bit of a slower week there, sitting at only, you know, the, actually the, the lowest total fantasy points four in the league, um, but still sitting there at 101. And then in the 0-2 category, we've got Rock'em Siakam Robot, Webb Embiid, Hooked on a Beeling, and Nick the Brick. Um, you know, I had a chance to talk to a few of these guys on the phone. Um, you know, unfortunately didn't have uh, the full interview before, but I feel like all, you know, me, Rick, and Doug, um, all a little bit disappointed in our draft and, and hoping that our guys here can bounce back after a pretty slow start here to the season for a lot of our, our top guys. You bring the cookies, get out, dunk them down. So quickly recapping the first two weeks of weekly challenges that we've had so far this season. Week number one is always the battle of the number ones. Uh, it's essentially, you know, the highest fantasy points scored by the number one picks, uh, which was honestly extremely close uh, for week number one. Better Call Paul pulled out the victory with Steph Curry finishing with 196.5 total fantasy points during week number one. We had Kevin Durant finishing at 195.9 and Julius Randle finishing at 195.8. So really just a 0.6 um, or actually 0.7 uh, point difference between those three guys finishing off week one. So congrats to Andy for uh, finishing or you know drafting Steph Curry um, as early as he did. I feel like that was a little bit of a surprise of the draft with him going um you know, with the second overall pick. But you know better than me. Um, so nice job, Andy. And week number two is the Welcome to the Fucking League weekly challenge. This is the highest total fantasy points scored by a rookie. And a little bit of a surprise here, um, Scotty Barnes finished with 153.3 fantasy points. Um, not really the rookie that I had expected to finish with the number one, uh, or with the most fantasy points during this second week. But... Honestly, for, for Toronto, Scotty Barnes has been an absolute beast. They're giving him a ton of run. Uh, you know, he can play a bunch of different positions. So, you know, I'm really excited about, you know, his outlook coming up into uh, this season. And with how slowly Cade uh, Cunningham has, has started out so far this season, obviously with the injury and then, you know, just being, you can just tell he's super rusty coming in for these first two games. Um, you know, there's a chance that, that uh, you know, I might end up keeping Scotty Barnes. Who, who really knows? So, those are the first two weeks of the weekly challenges. Uh, this week, week number three, is just points, points, points. That's the most fancy points scored by a team. So, you know, pretty much everyone's always trying to just get as many points as possible. So we will see who ends up winning the week number three challenge. You bring the mashed potatoes, and I'll bring the turkey. I wanted to take a quick look back at the uh, overall, you know, averages that guys, fantasy averages that guys are going, putting up each week. So looking back to week one, um, you know, we had the the normal guys here at the top, Jokic, Curry, Durant, Randall, Paul George. Those guys are all averaging over 60 fantasy points per game. Um, and then just as we start to go down the list, there definitely are a few surprises. We've got Malcolm Brogdon coming in at ninth overall at 55. Um, I think so far this season, the, the biggest surprise, uh, at least for me, has been Al Horford, who, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look into week two here in a sec. But during week one, averaging 52 fantasy points per game, 
Um, you know, he has, you know, sat out a few games, which, which is hurting his overall total fantasy points scored. But, you know, 52 fantasy points per game is huge for Al Horford, somebody who I thought was washed up and, and honestly wasn't expecting a lot of this season for, for the uh, Celtics. Um, and then also one of the biggest jumps here was Miles Bridges, averaging 50 points, fantasy points per game, you know, absolutely crushing it for Charlotte, doing a little bit of everything, you know, playing, playing power forward, uh, you know, playing defense on, on some of the better uh, wing guys in the league. Um, so honestly, just a huge, huge player for, for Charlotte and one of the reasons why they started off so hot so far this season. Um, also, Harrison Barnes up here uh, with the 21st, you know, finishing 21st so far this season with 47 fantasy points per game during week one. You know, a few guys here that, that you kind of can see are, are taking a little bit of a fantasy leap. Um, you know, and, and also I know that uh, we didn't have the rookie um, challenge for week one, but Evan Mobley uh, really kicked off the season really strong. You know, averaging, you know, 15 points per game, you know, three assists, almost... Uh, Almost 10 rebounds, you know, two and a half blocks. Definitely a guy who I've watched a few of the the Cleveland games, and and he actually looks really good out there. Um, somebody who who I'm going to definitely keep my eye on. And and weirdly, Cleveland's kind of fun to watch. Um, you know, they're just sort of just a hodgepodge of, of players, but they definitely are always playing hard. And honestly, Mobley anchors that defense um, much better than than I really thought he was going to do coming in as a rookie. And week two averages, um, you know, no surprise here. Giannis finishing up at the top of the league at, at above, uh, you know, 64.2 fantasy points. DeJounte Murray and Jimmy Butler round out the uh, top top three, uh, finishing with 63 fantasy points and 60 fantasy points per game. Uh, a couple of surprises here at the top again for week number two. Jonas Valanciunas, uh, been an absolute stud for, for New Orleans. Uh, just honestly, you know, averaging 16 rebounds. A game for the week um and also you know 22 22 fantasy points or sorry excuse me points per game for them um you know new orleans is a little bit of uh, a shit show right now without having zion and and just you know kind of not really see where where their leadership is coming from for that team but but valentunas is might be you know one of their older guys and also you know really really showing out for him um and a couple of other surprises here in the top 10, Robert Williams, um, you know, only played two games this past week, but finished above 50 fantasy points. Al Horford, again, up there with 51 fantasy points. Montrez Harrell had a huge week, uh, averaging 47.7 fantasy points per game. A lot of the, you know, usual suspects here at the top. And as we, as I'm just looking down the, the overall rankings here for week number two, um, not a whole lot of guys here that, that are jumping out that have made a huge jump. Harrison Barnes, again, uh, having a really strong start to this season. Um, <clears throat> and also, one guy I definitely want to highlight, you know, Mo Bamba. I know I spoke about it earlier in terms of uh, just a guy that I had, had targeted in the uh, in the draft and, and wasn't able to get my hands on. But, you know, when he's averaging over 30 uh, minutes per game, you know, 12, 12 points, we got almost uh, 10 rebounds, two blocks, three assists. Honestly, just just a great start to the season for him. And also Cole Anthony, another guy for for Bo Bamba. Um, you know, his keeper, somebody who maybe we didn't really think was gonna be you know one of the top keepers in the league, but he's been absolutely balling out. I know that there's no um, Markel Fultz right now for that team, but 
there's a lot of a lot of you know usage to go around on a team like that where you know there's not really any you know one guy everyone's trying to prove themselves and and he's really making a big push to to stay as a starter even when Fultz comes back not going to go through uh, the full, you know, OMBA weekly top 50 tracker, but something I just wanted to highlight out to you guys to, to just take a look at. I think it's a pretty good, um, you know, stat here just to understand where your team is falling. Um, you know, if you're finishing with, you know, five, five or more guys in, in that top 50, likelihood is, is that your team is playing pretty well. And, and while you might not win every single time when you've got that many guys, uh, just a good sign that, that the top of your team, that the top echelon guys are, are really coming through. And, and um, you, know, you might have a few guys, too, that are kind of those fringe top 50 guys um, who for any given week can kind of jump up and, and have a great couple of games. And the last, uh, you know, kind of watch list here, uh, you know, weekly tracker that, that I have set up here is for the uh, rookie keeper watch. Right. So. Um, rookie keepers definitely play such a huge impact on our league, uh, given that you get to keep them the next year for your last pick in the draft. Um, so just going to work down through some of the, the teams here that have rookie keepers and just sort of pour it out where they're at. Um, you know, so far, Scotty Barnes has really started off as one of the top rookies. Uh, unfortunately, he's out now with, a, with an ankle injury uh, for week number three. But, you know, finishing week one, with uh, 34 fantasy points per game and week two at 38 fantasy points per game. You know, those are some huge numbers for a rookie. Um, Cade uh, is the other guy that I have as a rookie keeper for my team. Um, you know, was, was injured week one, came in for two games this past week, um, and definitely had a slow start, you know, averaging 16 fantasy points per game. Hoping that he can bounce back and that there's just a lot of rust. I know he hasn't played essentially all of preseason and all of, um, you know, training camp. So, Hoping, you know, he can work, him way, work his way back into shape. Uh, Band of Brothers had a late pickup with a rule change, um, you know, that you didn't actually have to draft the guy as long as you picked them up prior to the season starting. Um, you know, they're eligible for that rookie keeper. And, and honestly, you took advantage. You picked up Franz Wagner, who, you know, definitely a rookie that I necessarily wasn't that high on, especially with all the young talent that Orlando has. I wasn't sure how much run he was really going to get. But... You know, averaging 26 fantasy points per game, which for a rookie is a great, um, you know, great production. Somebody who you want to definitely be keeping. You know, if you got a guy averaging 25, 26 fantasy points per game, that's somebody that's a little, that's tough to drop. You know, you can't really stream in anybody at a higher point value than that. Zach sticking strong with with James Booknight. Um, you know, he's really only played one game. I think he had like one fantasy point in that game. So. You know, he's kind of chalking up a, a little bit of a zero there because he hasn't played that much. They just have a deep team there in Charlotte, and, you know, I know they're definitely trying to win games this season, so it's hard for him to get some run. Um, Doug uh, has, has Jalen Green. Love the pick in the draft. Um, you know, with Houston, there's just a lot of shots to go around, uh, seeing as, you know, kind of how, how they're in the, that rebuild there. Um Started off strong, week number one, 32 fantasy points per game. Slowed down a little bit here in week number two at 21. I feel like he's going to have a little bit of an up and down season. Um, you know, there's going to be games where those shots are falling, and then there's going to be games where where they're not. And you know, he, he definitely can bring in a few you know other ancillary stats, you know, rebounds and assists, but he's mostly a points guy. So um, 
for uh, Lavar's balls, he's got two. He's the only other um, GM here that has two rookie eligible keepers uh, with Kaminga and Mobley. Uh, Kaminga really hasn't gotten much run yet for the Warriors. And then Evan Mobley started out, you know, week number one, averaging 44 fantasy points per game, which is absolutely huge. Week number two here at 30, um, still very solid. Uh, you know, for, for a rookie, averaging you know above that 30 mark is really a, a really solid player. Josh Giddy for uh, hooked on a Beeling, finishing here right at around 31 and 33 fantasy points per game uh, for week one and week two. Uh, Jalen Suggs also, you know, right around that 25 point mark. Uh, solid rookie, you know, he was definitely somebody who, who I thought was uh, honestly that when when Toronto didn't pick him, I was really surprised they went with Scotty Barnes. But you know, it does it does seem like they actually kind of knew what they were doing there. Um, Trey Murphy for the real Slim Shady, um, you know, averaging right around 11 fantasy points per game. You know, that's it's definitely in that that area where it's a little tough to keep them all season. Um, you know, they're just not, he's not going to be bringing that much to your team. That being said, it's only been two weeks. So, um, you know, and especially with how the, the Pelicans uh, roster is shaping up, uh, they might just end up giving him some more run to see what they got uh, with their rookie. Davian Mitchell uh, for Bobamba. Um, you know, definitely a player who I feel like adds a little bit more value on the court than he necessarily does, you know, in fantasy. Um, you know, week number one, finishing at 21 fantasy points per game, week two at 15. Um, you know, around that, uh, tough to keep, but also I do feel like, you know, as the season goes on and, and he really plays himself into, you know, the, the guard lineup that they have there in Sacramento, um, can definitely bring some more value, especially on the defensive end, you know, with steals being four fantasy points per game. If he can be averaging, you know, two, two to three steals a game, um, that already gets him to 12 points right there. So next uh, GM here, we've got Connor Gaudreau, uh, you know, Uncle Drew's young bloods with Alfred Shengun, um, averaging 25 fantasy points, or sorry, 27 and 26 fantasy points per game, week one and two, really solid. And then rounding out the last rookie eligible uh, keeper is for Kawhi 5 Chris Duarte, um, you know, finishing week number one with 32 fantasy points per game, week number two at 26. Um, you know, I don't want to necessarily uh, toot my own horn here, but, you know, when, when we did pass that rule that, that you're able to pick up a rookie keeper, I texted Griffin was like, hey, man, you really should pick up. Um, you know, a rookie just to give yourself a chance. I know it's as a new GM coming in, it's hard to really understand the value that those rookies get you. And, you know, I, I may maybe suggested, hey, you know, Chris Duarte is still available. I think he's going to get some good playing time there on Indiana. And lo and behold, he, he's played great. And he's honestly averaging, I think, you know, something like 30 minutes per game. So um, he's getting the run, you know, with, with Levert coming back, maybe um, some of those minutes fall off. But great start to the season for for those guys. So you know, every week, just going to highlight, you know, how our rookies are doing um, and, and, you know, just to see who, who ended up picking the best rookie going into the uh, rookie keeper selection for the next season. Big time players make big time plays. So that is it for the week number one and week number two recaps. Going to go straight into here uh, my interview with Chris Govers uh, again. You know, this was recorded a few weeks ago, right after the draft. So, wanted to get these guys out or this out to you guys. Um, you know, I had a great conversation with him about 
about his team, uh, some of the guys that maybe he, he was hoping to get, uh, as well as some of his thoughts on the NBA season. And I'm just going to immediately follow that one up with uh, my conversation with um, Griffin, uh, you know, the newest GM here to the OMBA League, and, um, you know, just getting some of his uh, thoughts here on the on the draft, as well as, um, you know, some of his guys as well. So, guys, appreciate, uh, you know, listening and, and the patience here with this podcast being a little bit delayed to get out, hoping to get back on track here um, as we go into the next week. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the interviews here with Govers and uh, Griffin. Boom shakalaka! All right, guys, I'm here with uh, Govers, the newly uh, named GM of the LaVar's Balls. <laughs> Love the name. Um, just to talk about his roster. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously pumped that you got both uh, Lonzo and LaMelo, your keeper. But, um, yeah, was there anybody else that, that you were looking into, like that you were targeting that, that you got your hands on? Yeah, uh, definitely. So I was targeting – uh, AD, I've always wanted to have him on the squad. Don't believe I have possibly one, one or twice, but, uh, you know, when the guy's not dealing with injury problems, he's just an absolute beast, double, double machine. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, as much as I'm a Warriors fan, I, I do love watching the Lakers play and there's a lot of mouths to feed there, but I feel like in terms of just a guy who's going to just dominate more games than he won't Davis is a, is a good person to have. And then, 100%, yeah, weirdly and he's, enough, he's like always in the running for like defensive player in, of the year too. Like when he's when he's healthy, so it's like, you know, you can always like clock in for you know a couple blocks a game, you know, steal or two here or here or there too. So it's like he just kind of goes across the board as just racks up stats. He does, and and you can kind of see the strategy I moved towards in the beginning of the draft, and then with my keeper with Mobley, I was making that comment about Alex Len as the you know, best center that's up for grabs halfway through the season, but it's true. I feel like you can find slashers and guards who, you know, come to the table and fill in for injuries and develop late in the season, but big men are really hard to come by. So if you look at my squad, I went heavy on the bigs with Davis, um, Aiton. I was surprised Aiton was around when I selected him. Brooke Lopez, Evan Mobley, and, you know, the jury's out on Mobley, but he looked pretty good in the preseason. So that was my strategy is to fill it out with the big guys and then kind of go from there. I think Mobley, like the reason why I feel like people are just fantasy wise, like I wasn't as high on him is just because they do just have a lot of big men in Cleveland, but you know, they also aren't a team that's probably going to be fighting for, you know, like a playoff spot or anything. So there's no real reason why they wouldn't just prioritize playing him. And then like from everything that I've heard, I mean, he's like super versatile, like, you know, can, can pass actually can play defense on the NBA level versus like a Wiseman who is out there just like totally missing assignments, just like, you know, like looking around as if deer in the headlights, like I've heard that, that Mobley is totally different. So yeah, that was, I, I liked that as a, as a keeper pick for sure. And then Mobley is more of a, he's, he's more of that traditional big man, right? Like Wiseman is, can go coast to coast where I feel like Mobley is more of a, park it down low and let them dude I don't don't know I think the the like at least I remember during the draft they were saying that he is like his obviously like best case scenario would be like a an Anthony Davis where it's like oh he's got the he's got the range to like kind of take it out a little bit he's got like weirdly has some some guard skills you know being 
but then is like in a center's body, which, you know, obviously that's, you know, it's, <laughs> we'll see if that actually goes to fruition, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I did think that he actually had some, some guard stuff as well. I don't know. I feel like for me, when I'm like looking at your squad, like Mikhail Bridges is probably this guy that I see as probably the biggest reach there, at least from your early ones. Like I love Lonzo. I think he's going to be good for Chicago. Like there are so many scores there and he doesn't like need to score, but he does everything else. So it's like, I don't, you know, I feel like that's a perfect fit, but you know, Mikhail Bridges was sick during the playoffs. So, I mean, I could be totally wrong. And at the end of the day, I think he's still be he'll still be solid, um, but you know you never know. It's like uh, had you had you had you had a chance to take a look at the the draft thing that I had done from last season? No, I haven't, dude. You you crushed it. Like you were by far the the best uh, had the best draft. Like just based off of where you drafted guys and where they finished, like in the overall rankings at the end of the season. Like let's see on average, your guys finished 20 spots higher than where they were drafted. And nice. Like, yeah. I, I felt like, and this is last year, right? When I traded yeah. the world for LaMelo. Yeah. I yeah. felt like I had a really good team, but they just, you and Zach had an even better team. It was just one of those years where, you know, there was no catching up to you guys, but in terms of the draft, I'd agree with you. I look at this team and for me to be, you know, take it home preseason, I'm talking here. I need those reaches of the the Mikhail Bridges, the Kyle Andersons of the world, and even like the or the Carmelos to come out swinging because otherwise there's a huge drop off of the guys that I'm playing and then the next man up and then if Ben Simmons can actually um, get traded because I saw the, the text <laughs> on the thread today that he's at a strip club which is really encouraging yeah i, I know, think this right? team can be dangerous but he uh, pretty much I, got tossed out of practice already is like ooh, not not looking good per se they have to <laughs> trade him though i mean he is to me he has too much value as a player he's vaccinated he's not an idiot like well he's an idiot but he's not an idiot like Kyrie. Right. somebody's gonna want this guy so i'd imagine I, he's traded in the next couple of weeks if he doesn't play I know. It's just like, it's, it's sort of this weird thing where I feel like all the stuff I've been listening to, I feel like every basketball podcast I listen to is just like only talks about Simmons and Kyrie, but like, it is just weird with, um, I'm totally Daryl Morey, right. As the GM there, like, he's just so about, you know, like assets and all the data stuff where he's just like, I'm not going to trade or I'm not going to trade you. Like if I'm not going to get a good return. And it's just like, he kind of called Ben Simmons bluff and was like, you can just lose out on, you know, like tens of millions of dollars. Like we don't have to trade you. And he was like, Oh fuck, I guess I have to show up, but then just gets tossed out of practice. Yeah. I, I think it's easy to stay firm for a while. And when I say a while, a couple of weeks until they potentially start losing games and it's like, all right, we need a return for this guy. And then some teams are going to realize their roster isn't as good as they thought. Maybe an injury goes down. Yeah. I think he'll be traded before before we hit Thanksgiving, but that's my it, opinion. You really you really see him as a good fit for for the Warriors. The Warriors are weird, man. I was looking at the roster today with my dad because uh, obviously they're playing the Lakers. I mean, until Clay comes back and we got an older Draymond, we got Wiseman who who nobody knows how he's going to be. We have a lot of interesting young pieces, but yeah, I, I'd be completely fine with trading away Wiseman, a Wiggins something else, you know, for, for a, uh, for a Simmons. I mean, 
think about Clay back at full steam with Steph and they got Simmons coming in. I mean, seems like a good cast to me, but yeah, my opinion. I mean, he, he could fit obviously when you have like those two shooters, I just, I don't know how you could necessarily, well, I guess you could maybe play him. I guess like the, the lineup of death would be like crazy with them. Right. You'd have like clay, uh, Curry. Simmons would be at the five, right? Yeah, well, or Simmons maybe. and and Draymond would just be like alternating fives. You know, they it just would be such a cool switchable lineup. I mean, I don't even know if Iggy was really would be considered in that anymore. But <laughs> you know, right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. If, I, I'm a little bit down on the Warriors this year. Like, I uh, I think they're gonna kind of be under their their projected win total. Um, which, you know, as long as they're making the playoffs, I feel like that's sort of the goal because I think Clay is just not going to come back for, they're not going to rush him back at all. So, um, I mean, I know you were, you were pissed when, uh, when Griff took him, right? Yeah, I definitely wanted to swoop in on him. I mean, I think that the Warriors, you said it properly, right? He, maybe they hit the eight seed, seven seed, six seed. I mean, they're definitely not a top three or four team, at least I don't think so. But once yeah. Clay comes back and they can really, you know, be that splash brother approach again, I think they're going to be a hard team to beat. Um, and that's, that's hoping and wishful thinking that clay comes back at full strength, which we don't know either. Oh, dude. I like, I honestly like pray every night. He's by far my favorite player in the NBA. And I'm just like, if he, I just, I hope, I hope it's been a long time though. Like two whole years without playing, like it's gotta be tough. <laughs> Well, I know that Durant's a different kind of animal, but if Durant could come back from an Achilles injury and dominate the way he has and dunk the way that he can, I don't see why Clay, being a speed, you know, release shooter can't do that as well. I mean, nothing impacted his shooting. It's right. just it's all legs. just straight up and down. I mean, it's not like it's going to uh, you know, hurt his his mobility like for shooting. I think it's it's more on the defensive end that I feel like it'll affect him that most. I mean, I hope Clay never dunks again. Like after he <laughs> dunked that one ball, I fucking busted his knee. It was just like, oh my god! Like, well, just lay it up. You never dunk. Like, why do it that time? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. So, Warriors, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on them. I think they make the playoffs this year. I mean, we, we damn near made it last year, and our team was, I mean, nothing against Toscano Anderson, but when you're streaming that guy as a starter, and somehow we're still beating teams, Clay and. Clay added to the mix. I think will be good. I love having Iggy back as a defensive presence. And it's almost like that, you know, pick up basketball where maybe you haven't played with these guys in forever, but you grew up with them. And so you have that connection. I feel like Iggy's going to slide in well and be able to, to ball out with Draymond and Steph and Clay once that gets going. Yeah. I feel like Iggy's just this like calming presence. Like when he comes in, he doesn't really get all that many stats even it's just, he's in, he's always in like the right, right position on defense. And like, you know, we'll make the extra pass. Like maybe he doesn't get the assist, but just the ball moves better when he's in. So I do hope he gets some playing time. And that's kind of the thing with like the, the two rookies that they got where, you know, I, I well, I was hoping that they were going to trade those picks going into the draft, to be totally honest, to try to get like a Bradley Beal or, you know, somebody bigger. But, you know, I just don't necessarily think they're really going to get all that much play, especially, I mean, unless – you know, the Warriors season starts off like worse than they expect. And then it's like, all right, well, might as well get them some run. I just, you know, Kaminga, super athletic, you know, good defensive potential. But like, I just still feel like, you know, even at this point, I think Iggy's a better player. Yeah. And I think the, the weird thing with the Warriors, which we do not want to hear as fans is 
I think we set ourselves up well for the future if we don't make a big splash on trades and we end up keeping Wiseman, Kaminga, and uh, and Moody. All of a sudden, we have three dynamic guys that I don't want to say you can hand the torch to them, but once Clay and Steph are too old with Dre and they're kind of just you know at the very tail end of their careers, which I think they're at the tip of the iceberg on. It'd be nice to know that we have three rookies that have played championship caliber basketball with you know some Hall of Famers and knowing that one of them is like a guard, like a slasher guard with uh, Kaminga, who's raw, you know, Moody's a bigger guy and then having Wiseman. So I'm not upset about that, but I would gladly trade them away for Beal. And it sucks that we didn't get that done. Yeah. I, I don't think it's, I don't think Beal's leaving either. He just seemed like so against getting moved. And I feel like if you're Washington, you're like, well, good. You know, we're not going to get anybody good here again for a while. So yeah, I mean, it's just a bummer, but um, I hope, I'm hopeful that at least tonight that they can, you know, surprise the Lakers. You know, they, the Lakers essentially have like the 2017 all-star team, like, you know, like Rondo, like all these Melo, all these guys that were so good, you know, six years ago. But like, you know, I don't know how they, uh, how they'll play tonight. Maybe the Warriors can, can kind of surprise them early. Yeah, no, I hear that. Same kind of thing. I feel like with the, with the Nets last season, right? Nobody thought that they were going to get beat out. And then obviously there's injuries involved, but you know, the Bucks pull it out and there's something to be said of having a better team chemistry and basketball team uh, versus just throwing talent all on the floor, which, you know, there's going to be times where it's going to be obvious that LeBron Westbrook and AD want the ball at the very end. And maybe the ball goes to Carmelo and he misses a shot and they lose. And, you know, there's going to be some feathers ruffled to say the least over there. You know, for sure. Um, yeah, any, any guys that you missed out on that you were trying to, to draft for this this past year that, like, you just totally – I know we had talked about Clay there for a second as, you know, hoping that maybe he would have fallen later in the draft. But, yeah, I feel like uh, there's a few guys that I, I've, you know, done all this research on – or not research, really, but just, like, had on my targets list. And either they get picked just a few picks before you or, like, honestly uh, – or they just, I just like forgot about them. <laughs> like as the yeah, draft is going and the timer like is ticking down, you're just like, all right, screw it. Let's just, just take this guy. Three, three players actually. And it happened to me, I think in two rounds back to back. And then at the very end. So Durant, I was going to select him. And then he got taken, I think right before me, if not two spots ahead. So mm -hmm. I went with Davis. Um, after Davis, I wanted LeBron. LeBron got taken the pick before mine. So I was thinking, even though having Davis and LeBron's not an, a great option, you know, if LeBron's there, I was surprised how far he fell. And then I actually did this to myself. I chose, I chose Rubio, and then you chose Caruso. And I thought Caruso was already taken, and I was pissed because I realized Caruso, as much as I hate on that guy, he's got this weird thing where he's pretty damn good. And, and it's hard to deny that. Yeah. I like, as I was going in that last round, I had had him on my, uh, you know, like list there to, uh, or my queue. And I just thought he was going to get taken, taken, like, you know, how, how it goes, you know, you pick your, your next guy and there's so many guys in between. He was still there. I could not believe it. Um, I honestly, I have like a, a bet that he's going to win six man of the year. I just feel like it with Chicago, you know, they have like Levine, um, who are their other starters, uh, Rosen and, and Lonzo, but like, he'll be the first guard off the bench 
and they paid him a ton of money. So I feel like he's got a good chance at, at just kind of being able to come in. I even saw that during the preseason, they were playing all four of those guys together with like Vucevic. And I was like, kind of like that lineup, you know, like they're all a little bit bigger guards. Like they're not necessarily like forwards, but like kind of bigger sized guards who can, you know, still defend and just switch everything essentially. So I agree. Let me ask you a question. So in terms of I'm knowing you, I bet you've dissected everybody's team or at least had one walkthrough. Who are your favorite teams so far in terms of uh, what you think will end up as, you know, the top tier teams? Uh, I mean, honestly, I like, um, I mean, Connor's team, I think is, is probably the, one of the top teams. Like he just has, he's Giannis, Randall and LeBron. I don't understand how really that happened. <laughs> like he got LeBron in the third round, which I still just think is, is shocking, you know, and then he got Zion in the fourth round, which, you know, I know that Zion's hurt right now, but like if he comes back healthy and, you know, isn't out for that long, I mean, he's like an absolute beast. So, I mean, I, I honestly, I think that, that Connor's going to have a huge, huge year if everyone stays he- healthy. Um, you know, also, I, I do like that, uh, that Shingun guy, the rookie um, for Houston, just because, again, Houston's just going to play their rookies a ton. So I, I think he's going to get a ton of run behind like a Christian or um, whatever his name is, Christian Wood. Um, huh. And then the other one, other team that I like, well, I know that um, Kellen has just like a few of the guys that I was, that I really wanted. Like, I think Isaiah Stewart's going to be great. I was hoping that he was going to fall to me like just a few picks later. So then I could have Kate Cunningham and Isaiah Stewart for just like the pick and roll, you know, like run the pick and roll. He throws the alley-oop. You know, there's a, you know, three point, three and a half points for me right there. <laughs> or, you know, he scores off it. Um, what are the other guys that I was looking at? I mean, I also, yeah, TJ McConnell was also somebody that, that I wanted to pick just like way later. I feel like uh, with um, Carlisle in Indiana, like he's just like the Brunson, like the backup point guard on, on his teams is always like just really good. He just plays them a lot and like he has them play with, with the starters. And I just feel like that's going to be, he's going to love having TJ McConnell. And so, I mean, I haven't really had a chance to really go through everyone's, everyone's team. I'm hoping to do something, you know, kind of similar to this, where I can just have everybody on just to talk about their draft quick. But, you know, I think Kevin Porter Jr. was another person that, that I kind of wanted, um, you know, I do like Bo's team too, actually, now that I'm saying that, right. I thought Carl Anthony Towns was going to be able to fall to me and he got picked up just like two before me. So I ended up going with Embiid, which, you know, there's a world where Embiid wins MVP, but there's also a world where he gets, you know, injured. Yeah. I mean, every single season, I feel like you get done with the draft, gets this big buildup and then, you know, you're either pumped because you got a few of the guys that you really wanted or you're like just pissed because you missed out. I feel like I'm more on the, the latter side. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And I mean, I think at this point, we really can't uh, determine where we sit. You're just really looking at the names that you know. I'm banking that the big guys like that, Anthony Davis, DeAndre Ayton, and LaMelo Ball, uh, and Lonzo Ball combo with Devin Booker. I guess those guys take me to the promised land. But I, I look at my squad, I see a playoff team. Not sure on the contender. I mean, I look at the projected points. It looks like I'm second and projected, but I'm not sure if everybody even did the, 
you know, active roster for the weekend. Yeah, like that. setting the whole roster for the week. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But um, it'll be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's a long season, and I'm excited for the games that are starting in, what, two hours from now? I know. I'm, I'm so pumped, dude. I, I've got my uh, – you think you'll do the uh, the fan duel this today? I'm hoping to get uh, at least six guys in so we can uh, have a little something riding on these two games. Yeah, you can count me in um, week by week as long as we get the people. I'll probably more be more of the check, and if there's one needed to join, I'll do it, or if it's already set, I'll do it. But uh, my experience from it before is it's hard to get the amount of people we need to actually go forward. Yeah, I think before I was trying to get like 10, I, I've set it just to six. So it's like I'm hoping that I'll be able to get at least six guys to, to be filling out a roster. Um, Are you able if, to set it to where even if it's just two people, it, it goes? It still will run like you'll see who wins between those two people, but it won't it won't like pay pay out the like twelve dollars, but or, you know, or whatever, like the I guess it would be like eighteen eighteen dollars that you'd get paid out if with everybody puts in ten. But, um, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get six. <laughs> we'll see if Sounds you know good. anybody. That's the thing about like these the FanDuel stuff, though, like. If you know anybody that plays the the daily FanDuel stuff, like just have them sign it or just like get in on that league because the more people like that are able to fill out a roster, just the better. And then, you know, as you get, you know, six, eight, 10, like the dream is to have like 20 guys that are filling out rosters. And then, you know, if you win, it's just like, you know, you don't have to worry about these guys that are filling out like out with algorithms and putting in like $10,000 worth of submissions just to just steal money from, you know, <laughs> average shows like us. So you just Agreed. know, it's just, you know, I hate, I hate doing those, those big tournaments. And then, you know, you look, you look through the winnings and it's like the guy that has first, fourth, fifth out of like hundred thousands of people are all like the same person. And you're just like, God damn it. <laughs> right. This guy's just walking away with so much money. Um, but all right, dude, I'll let you go. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, excited for the season. I'm sure I'll have you back on. Um, I feel like in terms of the podcast, you're, you're one of the people that that's willing to jump on uh, just at a, you know, at any given moment. So uh, I'm sure I'll be hitting you up. Sounds good, man. Always down to talk basketball with you. All right, dude. Talk soon. Peace. Bye. Boom shakalaka. All right, guys, I'm here with the new GM, uh, Griffin Riley. For to talk about the his very first OMBA draft, um, yeah, man, how did how do you think it went? I mean, like I said when I first joined, I'm just looking at who's gonna who's competing for second place. I mean, this is this is looking good. This is looking like the roster to beat, dude. Yeah, all right, let's all go through it. Who's <laughs> who do you think's? Uh, I mean, obviously you got Luca. Thank God that you auto drafted him, right? The goat. Uh, he was he would have been my first pick if he was available anyway. Hundred yeah. percent. I mean. He's one of those guys that, you know, give him, give him all, all the uh, opportunities in the world. Right. I feel like Jay kid too is coaching down there now. And like, oh, yeah. he's just Isn't like a, he'll give him, he'll give him the whole farm, you know? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he's going to crush it this year. Come on. Dallas, Dallas is going to be the dark horse in the West, man. Everybody's counting him out. I mean, I think like I was saying earlier, like I, I feel like he, they kind of need Porzingis to do something like he's got to at least be able to hit open shots, like get that, get him at least like 18 and 
eight. You know what I mean? If he can well, just do that. I think it's all if, if Jason Kidd can talk to the kid, like if he can talk to the guy and say, look, dude, you're you are gonna be the best second man. You could be the best second man in the NBA or on the West, but like you gotta be the second guy. Like you have to understand that this is not your team. And if just stay healthy. That role, great. If not, they gotta they gotta get him out of there fast. Yeah, they just try to try to wheel and deal him, huh? That's what I do. I mean, uh, so going down second pick, Jimmy Butler. I'm a huge Jimmy fan, so love that pick. I mean, oh, yeah. getting him at 21, too, is is a pretty good steal. I think he – I think you're probably my two dark horses, too. I feel like I like – I like Dallas. They've got, like, longer odds. And I think yeah. the same with the Heat, where it's like they're just a solid team. And, you know, if, if you're going to get matched up against them in the playoffs, like on the East – like you're worried no matter what you know yeah 100 bam uh, bam lowry jimmy butler you know you got hero coming off the bench plus spolstra is just like one of those coaches that just every year it feels a yeah. good team and gets the most out of like guys that you're like who the hell is this person? <laughs> like, exactly how is he how's he doing that um fred van vliet you big uh fred van vliet fan uh you know if he puts up numbers for me i'll be a fucking fan of his but uh we'll see i mean i think it's awesome that it, he went undrafted right he was like the biggest contract for an undrafted dude i think that's right i mean he was he was in um at v, vcu right or no wichita state or vcu one of those He's one of those two teams yeah i just remember him in that the black and the the yellow right i think yeah both exactly had... no I, I think it was vcu but I, again i could be wrong um no, I mean, I think, I think, I just don't think he has much talent around him in, in Toronto. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I think he's got, what's, what's a uh, big man's name um, that had the breakout year. But yeah, they, well, Siakam, Siakam uh, yeah. he's, he's injured for a little while. Um, so there you go. I think he's going to have a ton of, he's going to have the ball in his hands, man. Like he's, and he can go off. If you asked Bo, I feel like he had him last year and I was trying to trade for him all season. I'd be like, oh, just really? sending him anybody for Brett, Fred Van Lee, dude. I, he's he's a good player and he's then numbers yeah uh, i mean i feel like the raptors kind of with with nick nurse though too are just one of those teams that they're just solid how they win they don't have a lot of talent and then you're like you look around and toronto's like second yeah. in the east and like, yeah okay. exactly or they're, they're like you know they finish in like the four seed and you're like who's on their team i don't understand <laughs> and the crazy thing last year they literally played their entire season down in tampa so like this whole season is they're oh, like shit. finally back up in Canada I for like not, the first uh, time in like a whole year. I forgot about that. I totally right? forgot. Yeah. Cause, cause you know, Canada was so strict about like traveling, you know, in and out of, out of the United States that they just had them play down in Tampa the entire season. So we should get a group trip <laughs> to Toronto. It is arguably the greatest city on the planet to go out. I've literally never, I've been to Canada once and it was like doing a stopover in like Vancouver for like a, a boat or for like a cruise up to Alaska. I was also like 12, <laughs> but like, I've heard you. that Montreal, Toronto, yeah. like all of those cities are just so legit. Oh yeah. Thriving economy. Have you, have you done thriving economy? Have you, uh, look, what brought you to Toronto? Bachelor party? Uh, it was the strip clubs. No, it was just, <laughs> I heard they had good strip clubs in, in uh, Toronto. So I flew up solo, just solo mission just to check it out yeah uh, it didn't did, didn't disappoint either no uh i went out for a work trip once when i was like 26 and i was, I was like, gonna say i have heard a lot about the strip clubs. i feel like everybody who goes to one of those yeah. cities is like the greatest place to go for a bachelor party 
like greatest strip clubs ever. <laughs> just go to Canada, anywhere, Montreal specifically. Yeah, speaking oh, of strip no, clubs, Toronto is, sick. Toronto is a great city to go out in. Uh, that would be, and the I I actually went to the, the Air Canada Center. Uh, oh, nice for a conference. And... That's like such a cool stadium with that little outdoor area. That's just right. like absolutely packed for the playoffs. Like yeah. it would be so it's fun cool, to yeah. watch to watch there. Yeah, that little downtown area is uh, is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, yeah. Well, I, was, I was saying, speaking of, of strip clubs, because of the uh, the Ben Simmons uh, <laughs> tweet saying Ooh. that he left, got kicked out of practice and just goes to the strip club. Did he really? That's what, that's what the tweet this says. Like, is, sources say. What a brat, dude. He is, act, he is just like, somebody come and get me. Somebody rescue me. Yeah. No, he's literally like, I'm going to throw. Like, okay, he's just going to go to practice. What's going to happen? This guy, are you fucking kidding me? Doc goes, go home. Yeah. And he's, he's like, like get the fuck out of here. Hey, you're going to do this drill? He's just like, no. He's yeah. like, what? <laughs> like, why are you here then? Leave. Can I have my phone in my pocket first? Yeah, right. seriously. Oh, my God. And then Embiid, too, his interview today, it's just like, I don't fucking yeah. care about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, oh, good. Who picked him up? Uh, I think that was, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, Gophers. Nice. Picked him up. I mean, you know, if he ends up playing for somebody, getting him in like the seventh round is an absolute steal. Savage. It's just a matter of whether or not he actually gets traded and plays. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same with uh, with Kyrie. It's like for fantasy, Kyrie is an absolute stud. It's just a matter of if he gets traded or if, you know, something changes where he decides to get vaccinated. Um, but yeah, I would say I would say my biggest regret from the draft was not taking Jordan Poole. Oh, like I, I think I could have probably taken him in the sixth round. Just let me, where was I? Was I coming? He fell pretty late. And I, I mean, like him up early, like where he was on the draft board. Like granted, we're all looking at him because we're all Warriors fans, but like he was down in the deep, like he was in the, he was deep on that, on that draft board. Yeah. I mean, I, I took D'Angelo or D'Angelo Russell, like technically like 13 oh. spots ahead of him of, of pool. And like, I just, I would have felt so much better with pool. Yeah. D'Angelo is like just, such a guy that you're just like, Oh, you know, uh, he's, he's a guy, you know, uh, D'Angelo. Yeah. Dude. Like not somebody I was excited to pick, but was like, oh. well, you know, he's in Minnesota. Please healthy. You know, like uh, maybe he has I a good just, year. I have such a tough time. I, I don't, it's not that I don't like the guy. I just, hate his style of basketball he's just so, so i mean he's just, so he's slow he's very Although, talented very talented yeah. no but, he is oh my god and when we signed him him and Ubre, like you'll, you'll hear this a lot i'll just rip on Ubre nonstop. i just i hated that sign but uh the same thing with when we signed when we signed d'angelo russell i was like this is yeah, you're like why yeah come on get the fuck out of here i know right Wiggins. i was Wiggins, gonna like that too. i mean he was only on the team for you know I yeah. feel like in that one year that didn't even count, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't even count. Come on. Um, yeah, dude. And then, I mean, obviously, Clay, a little bit of a, uh, you know, maybe wishful thinking. But, you know, again, like he's one of those guys where if he comes back and he's playing, yeah. you know, halfway through the season, you can sit him in that IR spot. Oh, did you end up moving him to, to that? No, I need, I need to. I need to move him to the IR and then just bring in somebody else like a, like a yeah. Cody Steller. But yeah, <laughs> my just, thought process was, you know, like, like – I think I've got a solid squad. Maybe I can just, you know, limp it through the season and, and put Clay on the IR. And then when he's in, just put it over the top. 
Well, you got to use the IR spots because like the way that it works with like this points league is you're trying to just get like as many guys that are playing games. Like there's sometimes where, you know, you'll pick somebody up who, you know, will have like four games that week. And just because they have four games, they're going to get you like, you know, we'll say 40 more points than a guy that has, that might be a better player, but you know, is, uh, is only plays three games. Um, so like using that IR spot, like, you know, you can just essentially have one additional guy to be playing throughout that whole time. So definitely Ricky's, one of those things. Ricky's to... listening to this right now. He's taking notes. All right, Ricky, <laughs> did you hear that Ricky? Do you need him to say that one more time? Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, Rick's, Rick's a, a little bit of a, he, he knows his way around the league. He's been uh-huh. playing for a while. So, um, I mean, I guess last season wasn't, wasn't Rick's strongest finish, but you know, I think, so who, I, I missed I missed the first portion of the first round. Who went first overall? Uh, yeah, so first overall, hold on, let me just pull it up real quick. Um, we got the draft results. So it pretty much was Jokic, Curry went number two, which is a little okay. bit of a surprise. Giannis three, and then Luka four. And then we had yeah, Harden, Durant, Tatum, Towns, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Lillard, Trey Young. That was the first round. The only guy that I regret not drafting when I had the shot, maybe we'll see, was uh, Brandon Ingram. I have always had, I've always thought that that dude has so, so much freaking upside. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, what's his name? Uh, Zion is hurt. Yeah, he is. He's going to have a, a nice little workload in the beginning of the season. But anyway, it poorly. Yeah, Zion, Zion with a broken foot. Who's out? Right? Zion. That's Zion like what he's out with foot. is that he had a fracture in his foot, which is always just like, terrifying for a guy who's kind of you know thicker like he is and you know so explosive it's just like that's one of those injuries that you just hate to see but yeah dude I had I had um uh, Ingram on my team I think it was two years ago which was when just after he got traded to to New Orleans and and yeah he was I think I won that year because I had him I had him and James Harden like they just carried me God, talk about another great city. I actually got thrown out of a jazz club in New Orleans because I was like on jumping on stage, hammered, trying to jam with the trying to jam with the the jazz band. Can you play an instrument? Oh yeah, I remember I play guitar, but I and I was like trying to rip the guy's guitar out of his hands and be like, "You fucking suck, let me take it." Guys, <laughs> blacked like, out. Yo, bro, you're gonna uh, get uh, tossed. That didn't go too well. Yeah, uh, that that'll get you tossed. Just heads up for any listeners out there. Don't try and steal the guitarist guitar. Well, funny enough, in the middle uh, of the song. Yeah, just mid-song. He's like, can I at least finish before? You're like, no. I, I know this song. Yeah. Oh, my God. Funny enough, I actually, Doug, who's uh, in the league, he uh, he had his bachelor party, like, literally three or the weekend before the NBA shut down and, like, COVID became a thing. Oh, we sure. were all We were all in New Orleans for his bachelor party being like, yeah, I mean, I guess we heard of this COVID thing. Yeah. I, I guess it's kind of real. And then making fun of people on the on the airplane with masks. Yep. And then we got back Sunday, and then Tuesday was when yeah the NBA was like we're canceling the season, and I was like shut it down. Oh, hmm, that's a problem. <laughs> Reading articles of like New Orleans major COVID hotspot, I was like, <laughs> not good, not good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody ended up getting sick, but yeah, just sort of funny that yeah New Orleans, what a place. Were there any other guys that you like wanted or that you thought you wanted that just didn't end up falling to you? You said Ingram. 
Ingram. Um, who was there? Was another one I really wanted. Uh, I can't honestly can't remember. Well, honestly, I mean, LeBron went one pick before you when you took Van Vliet. I feel like I was shocked that LeBron was there in the third round. It was just still sitting there. I was like, are you, you going to just keep falling? I feel like this could be an injury year for him. He's so fucking old. It's t- dude, something he's got to get, People man. have been saying that for, like, decades. I know, I know. I don't want that to happen. I want him to, you know, have a really good season and then get destroyed by the Warriors, and, <laughs> you know, in game seven of the Western Conference Finals. That's what – that's the true way of getting back at him, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, but I anyway, like I just feel like there's so much ball. There's there's so many fucking players on LA. Hey, yeah. who's gonna have the ball? No, I'm I'm with you. I don't really know how it's gonna work. Because unreal. At the yeah. end of the day, Anthony Davis should have the ball like as much as he wants. Yeah, but, but then he's gonna look around. It's like easier to look off guys on New Orleans as opposed to like okay, you're gonna look off LeBron, Westbrook, and fucking carmelo and all these other legends that you looked up to playing yeah that's a good point yeah and westbrook might just go and like you look him off he'll just go fight you yeah exactly it's like tough to at least he's got rondo there i feel like that just rondo loves just throwing uh, anthony davis the ball i feel like yeah, i watched a few of their preseason true. games and he yeah, gets the ball true. and he's just looking for anthony davis just standing there pounding the ball right as like davis is just trying to move around he just gives him like a little lob pass <laughs> for like a layup and you're like all right, I guess when you're Rondo, that's how you another dinosaur. How old is Rondo? They're literally the all-star team from like 2016. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like they have all the guys. It's just a match. It's like, hey, it's a couple of decade late. Six years ago that they were all like in their in their prime. <clears throat> I'm looking at uh, there's some other good picks on this squad, Andy. Don't count me out, man. Newcomer could have beginner's luck. I know 100 percent I'm really feeling this. I mean, I think Rosen, uh, are you kidding me? Uh, Chicago leading the charge. John Collins had a breakout year last year. He's going to crush it this year. He de- yeah, definitely My guy, Derek Rose, is going to stay healthy. He's putting up 20 plus points a game in the preseason. You've got like a few kind of like, you know, I feel like uh, flyers you took, like Marvin Bagley is also like one of those guys who just has not been good for so long, but like Dude. he has all the talent. It's just a matter of like, come on. Can he Step actually up, like what he, something's got to give? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely. And same thing with Cam Reddish. It was like, he had a little flash there at the end of last season. Yeah. Where, I really like know, him. Things, things kind of, kind of roll out the right way here. And I feel like Cam Reddish could right. be like their sixth man, you know, like I'm telling you, he could, could be, be better than Herter. And uh, you know, some of those other guys coming off the bench. I don't know. Don't talk about my boy Herter, man. That guy was a fucking beast in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's a, he's solid. I mean, in terms of like being able to ball handle too. Yeah. Um, oh, man. And then, yeah, I mean, the other guy, the last guy I feel like is Tyler Hero. You kind of spoke him into existence on your I team. I can't believe here. nobody bit on my sales pitch of him. I was like, blow smoke, man. I actually think this guy's legit. He's got the swaggers off the charts. I feel like I, I was like uh, listening to some podcast where they interviewed one of the guys on, on Miami and they were saying that, you know, like Jimmy and, you know, bam, like they love hero and they're just yeah. like building him up every time. Like, yo, shoot the ball. Like, right. You know, this is your time to shine. Like, I feel like last season, he, last season, he was just a little bit down, Very but yeah, quiet. I mean, bubble, yeah. bubble, uh, hero was, was like a, something else, a spectacle for sure. Storm. I loved it. Just mean mugging guys. 
right yeah hopefully he'll get uh he'll get his rhythm going this year in uh in miami but we'll see yeah is, I mean, is that I, who you'd compare your game to uh when you were playing out uh in uh Europe? maybe i think he's got a step on me man he's a little quicker than me uh <laughs> yeah you know those nba guys might be just a little bit quicker no come on uh, you? yeah i mean like his his style i mean he the way he shoots the ball he, he, he but he's not just a shooter like he'll get to the rim now um but i haven't seen it like in my old age and dude i'm putting people in the post man like that's what i do and i haven't i haven't seen him play much with his back to the basket so i think if he if he starts utilizing that game i think he could be legit were you like small forward when you were playing like what were you what was your position I was kind of utility guy i was like do you need me to bring the ball up i i would mostly play wing you know or, or like a trail yeah trail four uh it's like stretch four but, how tall uh, I'm like six five. I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I feel like we we've definitely met, and I'm I'm like as I'm picturing it, I'm I guess yeah. yeah six I always, five with guilt. Six I always five picture guilt myself time. taller than I actually am. <laughs> like I'm like yeah, me and Ricky are the same height, and then I stand next to him. And Rick's like two three inches taller than me. I'm like oh fuck, oh, <laughs> what? When did this happen? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, but Tyler, Tyler, man, I'm telling you, I think the and he's young. Like I try and draft these young guys, so I'm like all right hopefully they, they, they can play the whole season at least you know what i mean it's I always like good like a big thing in the nba like all right so many people get hurt i played this is my second season of fantasy basketball ever yeah. and in my first one it was with a group of guys that sucked so i never paid attention but i noticed that my half my team was hurt five weeks into the season i was like jesus christ all right. yeah i mean it, it is fantasy is always like that though i mean fantasy football is even worse i feel like because there's yeah. just so many injuries that you know right. it's just if you can make it through the season, like even if you have a shitty draft, if your guys just don't get hurt, you end up being a great team. Yeah. It's just like not having to deal with picking up guys off the, uh, you know, off the waiver, you know, wire or whatever. Well, that's the thing for, for this, there is no waiver wire, right? So it's like, you can kind of pick and pick up a drop a guy, like, you know, one day, pick him up for a game right. and drop that guy, pick up your old guy for the, the next day. It's kind of, um, I guess I can give you a little bit of a breakdown of how you really squeak out some points is, is that strategy, right? Like they call it, or they, but like you call it streaming, right? Where you have like one position on your team that you pretty much are adding and dropping guys just like throughout the entire week. And you pretty much are picking up a guy every day who's playing that game. And then it's like, you know, you'll get, you know, maybe it's only 20 fantasy points, but you get 20, 20 fantasy points that day, you drop that guy. The next day you pick up, you know, somebody else, you get lucky, they score 40 fantasy points, then you drop them, you know, which is always like hard. So like, oh shit, they just right. had a great game, but then they don't play for three days. So it's like, yeah. it's kind of weighing that, you know, okay, okay, do I want to stick with this guy kind of through the long haul or do I want to try to just drop and pick somebody else up to squeak out, you know, another, you know, 200 250 fantasy points for that week right so it's a, it's a little bit more involved than like you know your it's fantasy art. football a, which, a mixture of art and science to this thing for the most part though the way that you really win is you just you know your big guys have big weeks is you know at the end of the day yeah. if, if you got luca that's like averaging like 60 fantasy points a game <laughs> you know like that's that's what you really need let's but go for those for those matchups that are close where you're like fuck like i could have have picked up a guy i lost by 40 fantasy points like that's just one game you know so <clears throat> so walk me through this one though i'm going to share my screen is yeah. this these are the preseason ranks like like luca is ranked third of all players 
Yeah, I mean, I'm always a little bit hesitant with the with the Yahoo stuff just because I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's necessarily specifically for our settings or if that's just like hmm. in the accumulation of all, you know, fantasy leagues right. and fantasy settings that he's kind of the third highest because, you know, like the um, the category leagues. Have you ever done that for a, a fantasy basketball where there's like categories? No. That's, that's how most, I feel like most people play it where, you know, you essentially have like nine categories. And if my team has more, rebounds than your team i win the category so like you'll win it you'll win a week like five to four right because i had more assists Uh, more rebounds and more points but you had less turnovers you know a higher shooting percentage right like they they factor in those type of things which is why like sometimes you'll see you know like uh Giannis in terms of the rankings will be like the seventh player and you're like how is that possible but it's because his free throws are so bad that you know, if you're getting graded on your free throw percentage, like he hurts your team significantly because yeah. he shoots, you know, so many that unless you have other guys that are just really good at free throws. So that's why the rankings, I'm always a little bit hesitant to like, yeah. unless it specifically says like for your league, which I think in the draft it did, they had like the X rank and then the, the like league rank where it like look, factors in your points. But um but yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're looking at your roster like that, um, the best thing, like if you go to the players, uh, the players list, and then you can actually, you know, filter it here by, you know, projected points over the next like seven games. Right. Like that's one way you can do it. Cause I think that is projecting, you know, using our, our stats, like what, what they would have um, as a way to pick up players. And then, you know, I feel like whenever I'm trying to like, do trades i'm usually looking at you know anything within like the last 14 days so you have a little bit of a sample size of you know what guys are averaging more recently just because you know with basketball you know like it's such a streaky game like guys will have a month where they're just absolutely going off and then you know a month later they're just barely playing yeah um that's pretty much what happened to me i i traded for kelly olenic last year early in the season Oh boy. He had, you know, three weeks where he did nothing. I dropped him. Connor picks him up. And then at the end of the season, I don't know if you remember last season, but he just was like bombing threes, having like double doubles every other game. I was like, God damn. Where, where is he playing now? He's not in Miami anymore, is he? Uh no, <laughs> Kelly Olinick. Uh yes. Yeah, he got traded to Houston. Or traded, or did they just pay him? Just gonna look it up because I'm not actually sure. God, Kelly Olenek, one of the most ugly people on the entire earth. <laughs> well, you went to Gonzaga. No, he's on. No, he's on the Pistons. I didn't. Even oh, he's on the Pistons. That. There's so much movement in the NBA. Like I really had no clue. Real. Yeah, he's a Gonzaga guy. I mean, just. I remember when he was playing. You're just like, there's no way this guy's going to be good in the NBA. He just looks too goofy. But no, the best was I'm I'm a sophomore at LMU, my first year on the team, and we're going to play uh, St. Mary's. And the scouting report comes out and on the front page, our coach is like, all right, you guys, you guys got to watch out for this fucking kid. He's legit. He's not huge. He's not going to body you, but this kid's going to get, he's going to put up a triple double. So what we need to do, and we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was Del of Dova. Oh yeah. And so in this case, if you saw his picture, it's like floppy hair, goofy like a surfer bro, looking, right? just like from Australia. And we're like this, you're telling me this is the guy that's cooking up the WCC right now. Like this is supposed to be the, the next 
Australian goat. And yeah. first game he came out and had a triple double on us. And he's probably weighed well, 170 pounds. And he was probably six three, like maybe six two, six two, six three. Yeah. And you're just like, what the hell? And then he's in the finals, and you're like, I cannot believe that this guy is in the fucking NBA finals right now, guarding Steph Curry. Yeah, so you're Slow, just goofy white guy. I mean, he's just like plays fucking hard as hell. <laughs> just, hard. He just cares plays more. Smart. You know, it knows the game of high basketball IQ. That's like one of the things, right, with those guards who just, I mean, it's essentially like the Russell Westbrook, right, where they're just like, I'm actually going to try to get rebounds. Like, yeah. I'm going to try to, like, get every steal and every loose ball. And you're like, yeah. that in and of itself, like, makes you a solid NBA player because right. a lot of them don't. <laughs> they're like, yeah. well, you know, we got – I we pay other guys to do that. Yeah, exactly. I'm not the one that's getting paid to dive on the floor. Yeah, hell, <clears> I'm in there putting up buckets. Come on. Right. Um no, I mean, yeah, any other questions at all for the league? I feel like I'll let you go. But um, yeah, I mean, thanks for jumping I got, on. I, got, I feel like, like I said, I just want to know who's coming in second. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see after this week who uh who <laughs> finishes with the uh the highest points. Oh, just so you know, so we do a, a weekly challenge each week. Um I'm, I'm actually just finalizing kind of the 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 challenge, the challenge whole board, but um this week's just battle of number one. So essentially the play or the team that has uh, the number one pick who scores the most points wins yeah. that week. And they, they essentially win 10 bucks. I love it. Let's go. Yeah. So every week it changes up like next, next week's going to just be uh, you know, the rookie that has the highest fantasy points for that week. That, nice. that, that okay. guy wins. So, um, Oh yeah. Also glad that glad that we were able to adjust that rule a little bit. So you're able to at least yeah. have somebody going through. I actually, I like Duarte. I think he's actually going to be like a solid, a solid rookie. He's out of all the guys. I think he's going to get some good run. I so like here's Car- a question, right? Carlisle so let's say him. midway through the season, I go, you know what? I'm not feeling Duarte. I want to pick up somebody off waiver wire. Can I drop Duarte? Like, or do you have to draft the rookie and keep them through the season in order for that? Yeah. So that's apply? the, that's sort of the thing is like, you kind of have to deal with the, the growing pains and downs. like okay. where, you know, they may not be like as good as somebody else, but you're like, all right, well, I get them as my 16th pick yeah. going in for next season. So it's like, as long as you think that they're going to be beating out, you know, the 170th ranked player in the season, right. like it is sometimes worth keeping them. But, you know, at the end of the day, if it's like, all right, this is the difference between me winning, you know, the, the championship or something this year, it's not always worth it, but. Got it. All right. Know, well, to be completely honest, I took your recommendation on Duarte. So if he does well, it's on you. If he does poorly, I'm blaming you. Well, if he does poorly, you can just drop him. I mean, I that's true. I feel like, like I say, with Carlisle, like if if he's you know he's plays that's good like defense Carlisle's in Indiana. You know, I know, yeah. right? I I'm I'm, I'm thinking uh, that they're going to be good. I've got them as my my lock for the over this season. I've got a you know, oh yeah, thirty bucks. That's another Gonzaga dude. It's a bonus. Yeah, no, I, that was my pick. I picked him second overall. I just knew I was going to be taken. I, I actually really like that pick. That guy is a fucking double double machine. Double double machine. He gets assists. Like he's not, you well, he's not great at defense, but you know they've got Miles Turner there to kind of help yeah. with with some exactly. of that. So exactly. Um, I did. I'll let you go. We'll talk soon, and uh, yeah, I'll try to get this podcast up early so you can uh, be famous. Check it out later, bro. <laughs> I did. See ya. See ya. Folks, there's no greater game than NBA Jam. This one's for you. 
choices, step off the court or get embarrassed. How about both? That's teamwork with a capital boom shakalaka. And he's spinning himself like cotton candy. Oh, throw it down like you mean it, big man. Someone grab the marshmallows. Let's make some s'mores. S'mores all around. This guy's on fire. For the love of Pete, someone get an extinguisher. NBA Jam on fire edition. Come on, you know you want it. It's literally on fire. Well, not literally, but you get the idea. Boom shakalaka. 